Welcome to Keeper Chat. My name is Fauna. And my name is Flora. And this is our weekly podcast where we chat about animals. We're real-life zookeepers who love animals, love learning about them, and enjoy goofing off. Each week we'll be discussing a new animal and learning more about them. And as always, nothing we say reflects our organizations, and all of the thoughts and opinions that we express are our own. So with that, let's get grimy. Yes. The grimiest. So, I know, I can't wait to get grimy. <laughs> Flora, how was work this week? Okay, you know how like sometimes <laughs> work is just the pits? Yeah. Well, today actually wasn't that bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cool, dude. That's cool. Um, I did send you a Snapchat earlier today. I think you received it. I did. It was of a tiny baby goat. That goat, it was like like 98% of its existence was screaming. Yes. The perfect ratio. <laughs> all it did was scream, and all it wanted to do was like lay and sit on me. So, of course, I laid down immediately and put it on my chest and was like doing like poor zookeeper goat yoga. <laughs> and it was the best. They always seem like they're on their tiptoes, don't they? Yes! But yeah, all he did was scream and just look cute, and then he tried to, like, eat my sweater, and I loved it. Oh, that's goat food. So that was my morning, and I was like, Aww. yes, starting the day off right. Then, awesome news, last year, um, behind my zebra exhibit, I had some secret ducks. Uh, yeah, they're just, like, some wild ducks that I would feed and give water to <laughs> and spray <laughs> down with the hose Uh-oh. in the summer. And they Uh-oh. came back this year. It's a mallard couple. And I saw them today and they were like eating zebra food. And I was like, oh my god, my secret ducks came back to me. Um, Spring ducks. They know that I am their mother and I love them. Look at you. I know. <laughs> Wildlife warrior. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, oops, I spilled zebra grain in this puddle for you to eat. Oops. Oops. Enjoy your life and they like trust me they just like lay there and they let me like walk by even though i'm like clean in they got a bunch of zebra poop and they just hang out oh those are good ducks so today i would say it was like a win i mean i did have to work until 7 p.m but i just drank a milkshake so i'm like ready to rock and roll oh perfect yeah that's actually funny because it like it sort of solidifies the misconception that zookeepers like lay around and play with animals (laughs) that's exactly what you did today (laughs) because today i laid on the ground i put a baby on my chest and then I just, like, fed stuff. That was, like, my day. Yeah, let's clarify that. When we said that we never do that, we do that 1% of the time. Like, one, yeah, and it's the best 1%, and it makes True. 99% that I'm head to toe covered in shit, like, so worth it. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Oh, that's great. All right. Well, are you ready to get into this week's animal? I'm so ready, and I already know what it is. I guessed it last week. It's the dingus. <gasps> Oh, you did. Yeah. Um, or was no, it I say dongus? I don't remember. It's one of the same. It's That's the common true. versus scientific name. Uh, <laughs> no, this week I decided to do something that just so is going to spark a lot of conversation. Yeah. So as you guys know, this podcast, if you've listened to all three of our episodes, <laughs> we just like goof around and joke around and are like generally idiots about everything we talk about. Uh-huh. However... Uh-oh. There are a few topics within the animal care community that are, I want to say, like, kind of maybe taboo. Maybe not yes. taboo is the right word, I'm but like more sweating. like... I'm, sweating. I don't know what you're going to talk about, and I'm already sweating. <laughs> Good. I hope you're sitting on the edge of your seat. I am. Uh, all right. So this... I'm just going to get into it. Uh, this week's animal looks like a fish. <gasps> it it kind of acts like a fish. Shut up, shut up, shut up. It's definitely not a fish. Ah! 
It's a dolphin, dude. Is it a mammal? Oh my god, it's the dolphin. It's a dolphin. I screamed so bad the dog ran to me. <laughs> oh, uh-oh. Uh, yeah, I went with a dolphin. Oh, that's um, so good. Yes. So maybe you're aware, maybe you're not aware. I mean, I know you are since you worked with marine mammals. Yes. However, dolphins are marine mammals. Fact <gasps> no number one. Way. Yeah. So they're from, they're from the, what is it? Hold on. I'm already <laughs> having a stroke. They're mammals is what I'm trying to say. Uh-huh, but they live uh-huh, in uh-huh. the ocean. So they're aquatic. They do. Uh, but they have all the other characteristics of mammals. So they like give live birth. They nurse their young. Yes. They have hair in their bodies. They yes. breathe oxygen. Yes. All that stuff uh, applies to dolphins. And in fact, dolphins are sort of just a classification term for a diverse group of aquatic mammals. For sure. So, yeah, so more specifically, they're within the order cetacea. So a lot of times you'll hear them referred to as cetaceans. And that includes uh, things like the very commonly known bottlenose dolphin, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm, porpoises, mm-hmm. killer whales. All those guys are considered dolphins. Yes. They all kind of fall within that classification. Yeah, so I think I think most people have a pretty good idea of, like, the bottlenose dolphin is kind of the first thing yeah. that comes to their mind. A uh, flipper, but, you joking my ass, everybody yeah, has a flipper. Yeah, exactly, that big slippery gray dude. Uh, but, like I said, killer whales are part of that as well as our porpoises. So, when I'm talking about this animal this week, I figured I would kind of just, like, highlight some of the things of, like, the different species of yeah. dolphins. And then we can get into, like, the nitty gritty, like, get to the... Get to the topics that everyone wants to see us Get talk to those about. deets. Yeah, those those big oh. ones. We'll get to those. So, uh, just a few general facts. Did you know the closest re- living relative to cetaceans is the hippo? <laughs> Can you believe that? No, but I believe it now. I mean, take it with a grain of salt, because I did get that from Wikipedia. Well, that's what this Ooh. show's all about. There are spo- If we have any sponsor, it is Wikipedia, <laughs> because they're the best. I mean, I totally can see that. They're like mammals, and they're blubbery, yeah. and they love the water. And by closest living relative, I mean they diverged 40 million years ago. <laughs> right, like distant so, as all get out. It's been a while since they've seen each other. Ugh, I just love yeah. them. Specifically, the two kind of dolphins that I'm going to be focusing on in this conversation mm-hmm. uh, are the killer whale, which everyone okay. knows and loves, and the vaquita. Which is a <gasps> type vaquita. of porpoise. Yes. That so, little nugget. I know. So cool little tidbit here. Vaquita is Spanish for little cow. Which is oh, just, that's I so know. cute. Isn't that's it? exactly it, what he is. It's perfect. He's just a little guy. Uh, also, if you guys get the chance, please look at the Wikipedia page for Vaquita. I don't know where they got this graphic or why they chose to use it. But there's mm. like a size comparison photo at the top right when you click on Vaquita. And it's like, (gasps) (laughs) it's just this horrible, like, arrangement of, like, Uh, a shadowed man hovering over this poor little vaquita. Um, Fauna, a graphic artist made that, so, like, maybe be a little bit more respectful, because that is a beautiful man. Look at his fists. Oh, my God. I hate it. I'm putting that on Instagram immediately. (laughs) Imagine that. Imagine, like. One of the seven people that listens to this is the guy that wrote that up, and I'm just, like, shitting like, on his work. He looks like the Sockum Bopum robot. You remember those little <laughs> motherfuckers? And with, like, a scuba tank on. Look at he his does. fists. 
Why? Okay, but like, why is he so close to that poor little boy? It's threatening, isn't it? It really is. I didn't like it. I was like, just look the placement. At how innocent I don't that Vikita is. I know. He's like, get away. <laughs> please stop following me. <laughs> no, sir, please don't. Vikitas in particular are endemic to the northern part of the Gulf of California. So that includes Ooh. like California, obviously, but also areas of Mexico. So they're kind of like that little gulf there. They are actually one of the only types of dolphins that don't migrate. Like, they're not migrants, so they, they just kind of stick to that little range, uh, which is kind of unique, just in general, for yeah. dolphins. As far as my research here, again, let me just say, I'm not an expert, <laughs> never worked with marine mammals. Uh, I just use the internet, like most of us do. However, I did do fact-checking, which is always important, so I was whatever. Say, uh, we still know more than half the people that get angry on the internet, so it's That's true. I know, I, I, I went out of my way to, like, fact-check a lot of this stuff, so, which you all should do, by the way. But anyways, we'll get into that later. So, just in general, dolphins tend to have a really widespread range. It kind of depends on the species that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of them tend to prefer, like, tropical, warmer waters, but some of them do better in colder waters. But, as far as, like, their bodies go, I think we all have a really good idea. Dolphins are pretty famous, right? Yes. Everyone kind of knows what they look like. But, talking about the like, kind of wide classification of dolphins, they can range in size uh, from anywhere between around five and a half feet to around 31 feet. So that small little guy, that five and a half foot guy, is around 110 pounds, and those are the Maui's dolphin. And the 31 foot big boy, who weighs in around 11 tons, is the, you guessed it, killer whale. That's a big boy. Really big boy. So there's a really big range as well as far as, like, So, like, the Maui dolphin is smaller than the vaquita? I think, yeah, I think they're, like, pretty comparable. Whoa. They're little. Another little nugget of the sea. I didn't even know. I know, little nuggets. Uh, little sea nuggets. Yeah. <laughs> Sign me up. Give me some ketchup. Uh, no, that's terrible. Uh, <laughs> Why okay. would you say these things? I don't know. I, uh, I'm gonna get fired. So, dolphins tend to eat a wide variety of seafood. So, they eat, like, fish, squid, crustaceans. Uh, killer whales are also known to eat seals, which is badass. And kind of a bummer for seals, sorry. Don't they also eat penguins? They eat my penguins. Oh, yeah, that sounds so good. Yeah, they eat a lot of stuff. Pretty much, um, they're very intelligent, and they tend to actively hunt kind of all of the species. And so, mm-hmm. you know, they're that's kind of a deadly combination. So they'll kind of go after whatever they can eat. I don't um, like it. Leave my penguins alone. Yeah. But kind of going off that, like, intelligence, uh, it's kind of widely understood, which is cool, I feel like. A lot of people don't know kind of the deep and dirty facts about a lot of animals, but right. a lot of people tend to know that dolphins in general are very intelligent, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, most people sure. know that. That's kind of commonplace. Uh, but they can teach, learn, cooperate, scheme, and grieve with one another. Yes. Uh, in addition, there have been a lot of studies on intelligence in various species of dolphins. And uh, one thing in particular that they see quite a bit is that, well, actually several things, is that the neocortex of a lot of species of dolphins have elongated spindle neurons and those prior to the year 2007 were only found in hominids so like in humans we use these for things like social conduct emotions judgment and like recognition like social recognition and so the theory is that these same neurons that are present in cetaceans are found in the same areas of the brain that like we use them as humans so it kind of um, kind of suggests that maybe they perform a similar function. Mm-hmm. That hasn't been proven, but it's a theory. Uh, in addition, 
cetaceans tend to have a large brain size compared to their body mass. Mm. So that's usually a good indicator of intelligence as well. And something that they are still studying is the possibility of self-awareness. Yes, Again, the theory so I was is that, to say that otherwise I was going to interrupt you and be like, they're fucking self-aware. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> I, again, this one is still technically a theory because it's kind of hard to prove self-awareness. It's such a like, abstract concept, but yes. it's pretty widely understood and agreed yes, upon that cetaceans like are self-aware. The coolest thing. So they have like, they show a dolphin. So like self-awareness is like knowing that a picture or an image is like of you, right? Yeah, exactly. That's like you recognize they, yourself. Yes. Mm-hmm. So they like put a mirror, like half the time if you put a mirror up to an animal, like if you do it to your dog or a cat, they get scared, right? Because they think it's another animal. They think it's another right. dog in the room. But what they did with dolphins is that they showed them a mirror image and then they would touch or they would put something on the mirror. And then instead of the dolphin just looking at that, they would look down at themselves on the part that the yes. um, that they would put. So like they knew, oh, if you're pointing to my like fluke, my tail fluke, and you put like a little weird thing on it, I'm going to look down at my tail fluke and see if that's there. Um, Because I know that that is, like, an image of me. Which is, like, the coolest thing! Yeah, it's super They're smarter than, like, human stupid babies. A stupid baby can't do that. That's true. Cetaceans are better than humans. Absolutely! Like, hands down. And I think think the only other animal that's able to do that, that they've seen do that, is uh, primates. Yes. So, like, it's definitely within that class of, like, highly intelligent animals. Yeah. And one cool thing about that, uh, that... Like, why it's so important that we understand self-awareness is that it's generally agreed upon in the scientific community that self-awareness is uh, potentially a precursor to metacognitive reasoning is what it's known. But what just basically means that you're able to think about thinking. So you're you're able to, like, conceptualize the concept of thought. Was that redundant? I don't know. Probably. I'm really sorry, but this dog just brought me an empty container of yogurt. (laughs) So I need to go take a moment and just investigate where the fuck it got this. Because it is, in fact, my yogurt. So what happened to the yogurt in it? Did you eat it? Well, I don't know, but it's sure as shit gone now. Um, So just give me a second. I'm so sorry. Okay. Why does anyone ever get a fucking dog? I don't know. <laughs> okay. Man, man's best friend. <sighs> All right. I'm sorry. So, no, that's fine. Did you find the source of the yogurt? Yeah, he just dug through my work bag and got my empty yogurt container that Well, it was in a it was in a shut Tupperware. I was going to take it home and recycle it. Mhm. So, I put it in a Tupperware and shut it. He has gone downstairs, gone into my bedroom, opened my work bag, gotten the closed Tupperware out, opened the closed Tupperware, and then eaten, licked the remnants of my yogurt. Cool, cool. <laughs> like, very cool. good God. So, I'm going to get back to talking about dolphins. Please do. Cool, <laughs> cool. <Save me. laughs> so, dolphins have streamlined bodies and two limbs, which are their modified flippers, obviously used to help them swim. Mm-hmm. They can travel upwards of around 35 miles an hour, which is... Impressive. Yeah. Yeah. They're super slippery and they can get all around. In addition to kind of that uh, intelligence, I guess, linked to it, you could say, is the fact that they can also do a lot of really cool, like fun, playful things. So they have a lot of different vocalizations that are mainly communicated through the form of clicks and whistles. Mm -hmm. And just in general, I guess we'll get into differences in a bit, but like dolphins are generally more talkative than porpoises. Like, okay. what you think of as, like, the do- the bottlenose dolphin okay. is generally more talkative than, like, a porpoise. But they also have extremely well-developed hearing, 
that is adapted for both air and water. So they can hear in air and in water. And it's actually so well-developed that if they were to be blind or go blind for whatever reason, they could still easily survive. Like, that's not a big deal. They just, like, be swimming around and know exactly what's going on. eyes? (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. As far as, like, mating and reproduction goes, there is, well, first off, there is usually some form of, like, sexual dimorphism, which is just a big old fancy word for, like, the boys and girls look different. Mm -hmm. Whether that be they're bigger than each other or whatever, they have different markings. But there's usually some form of that across the species. And the males tend to multiply with multiple, or multiply. (laughs) The males tend to (laughs) mate with multiple females every year. While the females mate every two to three years, which makes sense because they're usually pregnant and carrying a calf. And then calves are generally born in the spring and summer. And then they're once they're born, the female has like the full parental responsibility. So she's essentially like raising this baby on her own, doing everything. So it's a huge investment for her. I just wanted to talk really quickly, too, since we're kind of talking about, like, their social dynamics and their intelligence, that dolphins are crazy. Like, those guys are nuts. They're just whack. I mean, I feel like a couple years ago was when this video came out, but if you haven't already, please go to YouTube and type in dolphin masturbating with dead fish, because (laughs) it happened, and it happened in front of everyone. Those guys Uh. are just, like... So intelligent, they're like, I'm just gonna be weird. Yes. So there's this video of this dolphin that's just like using this dead, like, <laughs> just Rotting disintegrating fish. fish. Yeah, to masturbate. I was like, okay, good on ya, I guess. They do crazy um, things. They're actually really mean, also. Yes, yeah. And I was gonna say, like, since you've worked with cetaceans, maybe you have some, some like cool stories or like insight or anything like that. Yeah, I worked with whales. Right, right. Um, oh. This might be a good segue then, um, talking about the difference between dolphins and whales. Yes, you do it. But I did want to also oh. say that dolphins <laughs> rape each other and also murder the shit out of each other. Is that? Yes. Can we talk about that now? <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, like, I think probably the best known example would be, like, killer whales, right? Yeah. Yeah, just, like, going out of their way to, like, torture and murder other animals. Yeah, well, even each like, other. They, like, they, they literally... Oh, yeah, and each other. That article... They're a video or whatever. I don't know. It just happened. The An orca and a male, a female orca and a male, killed a baby, and it was the female's baby. It's messed up. So what is that? Like infanticide? Infanticide? It is. Right? Yeah. It is. So she, like, went out of her way. Yeah, a male orca and its own mother worked together to kill a newborn calf. That's Why? Weird. Why? Why? And then they have, there's, like... Videos, you can see dolphins, like, chucking other dolphins. Their tail fluke is so strong they can, like, chuck it out of the water and they just beat the shit to death. I mean, they're, like, really gnarly. I feel like, I mean, yeah. if you think about, like, primates and humans, I mean, we're all really aggressive, too. So there's, like, yes. something to that. Yeah, I think that's something, just in general, when they see, like, advanced cognitive abilities, there's also tends to be the advanced ability to premeditate and act on aggression. Yeah. Which is, if you think about it, like messed up but it makes a lot of sense too no i think that's really important because i think people always assume dolphins are like really fun and Super friendly but friendly no they're, no they're like murder boys um okay side note i went to the orca wikipedia page it also uses that same man in its size comparison but he has like a cool like track suit like he has like a cool like neon oh. thing on his scuba suit I also then went to beluga whale because I did work with beluga whales, and it also uses the same man with them. Oh! So that guy gets around. He's met all the marine mammals of the world. Mm-hmm. He knows them all. Who is that man? 
I don't know. <laughs> I think step one, find that man. We step two, find that man. Learn from him. So let's talk really quick about the difference between a dolphin and a whale. Yes. Um, and then maybe you can like tell us some like cool whale stuff. Dolphins, as I already said, uh, include like porpoises, killer whales, bottlenose dolphins. All those guys are classified as dolphins. Yeah. Um, and can dolphins. I, can I like go ahead. guess something? I don't yeah, even totally. Know if it's real. No, totally. Do only dolphins have a dorsal fin? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I didn't Do actually look into that. Dors- like, I don't think so. Because like a whale. Oh no. Well, yeah, like a whale. I guess they have little ones. Yeah, I don't think that's, like, a distinguishing characteristic I don't think them. so either. I don't think that's, like, a dolphin versus whale thing. Because I guess humpback whales, they have that little, like, eek. Like, it's, like, tiny. Right. Um, okay, well, then just ignore everything I've ever said. Again. You're, you're supposed to be the cetacean expert. <laughs> <laughs> hey, homie, the whale I worked with ain't got no goddamn dorsal fin. <laughs> <laughs> so dolphins are what's known as toothed whales, meaning Aww. they have teeth. It's pretty self-explanatory. And actually, I think there are minor variations. Like, typical, like, dolphins, uh, like, bottlenose dolphins have, like, conical teeth, like, cone-shaped teeth. Whereas, uh, like, porpoises, like the vaquita, tend to have, like, spade-shaped teeth. So that's, like, a minor variation. But just in general, dolphins have teeth. uh, And they also have one blowhole. However, whales have what's known as a baleen, which is a whale bone. Which just sounds nuts. But I did some digging on the internet about that. And a baleen is a filter feeder system inside the mouths of whales, like baleen whales. So right. it works when a whale opens his mouth and it's like sucking all the water in and like trying to get all the like little krill in. So the whale like sucks it in through the baleen and pushes the water out. And so it like it's like essentially a comb. And so it just like filters all of the krill and stuff out. And so right. the krill stays inside their mouth, but the water can go out. So that's how they, like, eat all the krill, which is cool. So, like, if you watch, like, Finding Nemo, perfect example of a baleen. Right. And that's why you're seeing them, like, breach, because they're grabbing all the shit they can. I mean, not all whales, because, yeah, whatever. But, it, like, the baleens, you see them, like, breach out of the water with their, like, giant mouth open. Yeah. And yeah, exactly. Like, weird, gil- like, guzzard. Guzzard? Gillard? Guzzard? <laughs> What is that? Is it guzzard? Is that the word I'm looking for? Like that? Gu- oh, gullet. They're gullet. Blah, blah, I think blah, you blah. can. I think you can find gizzard and gullet. <laughs> Man, I don't even know anymore. But also, baleen whales, in addition to that whalebone, have two blowholes. Apparently, what? <laughs> do what? <laughs> I don't know. Let's not focus on that because who knows if that's right. But I think it is because I think it, they have like. Well, no, because what? <laughs> uh. Anyways. Okay. Uh, so here's the thing. Here's the thing. I did work with. The fucking weirdest of the whales. That's true. Because belugas are the only ones, belugas and narwhals are the only ones in, like, their family. So of all the whales, I worked with the fucking reject weird-ass whales. So I can't... The mythical whales. Yeah, like, you know, one of them's got a fucking horn and the other one's got this juicy melon thing on its forehead. (laughs) So I can't... Pick your weapon, horn and melon. I feel like maybe my, like, experience, like... Your results may vary. Like, mine only had one blowhole as far as I know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. This is this is just the classification between dolphins and baleen whales. So, oh, okay. It's like a not all whale situation. Yes. Because uh, my boys only had the one. <laughs> right. Just in general, a good rule of thumb is like all dolphins are considered whales, but not all whales are considered dolphins. Yes. If that helps anyone. I don't uh, know if it will. It hurts my brain almost more, I think. Okay, sorry. Uh, 
And then everyone knows, like, with dolphins, they have the layer of fat known as blubber underneath their skin. Yeah. Which, like, helps keep them warm in, like, colder waters. Now that we got all that out of the way, and now that we're all on the same page, I want to talk about several things. <laughs> Can <laughs> several we first more talk things. about my favorite dolphin? Oh, yeah, totally. Because the Commerson's dolphin is my favorite dolphin. Oh, why is that? Because it is a little sea cow. It's black and white, and it's very Aww. pretty. Oh. Uh. And uh, that's my only reason I like it, is that it's cute. That's all you need. But yeah, it's like a little sea Dalmatian. He's just black and white, and he looks all weird. Oh, that's fun. It is fun. Okay. Uh, oh, I'm really done with my before. comment. <laughs> no, it's cool. Really quick before we get into the serious stuff. Do yes. you have any fun, like, whale stories? I mean, this is a show about dolphins, but I guess let's talk about all <laughs> well, let's, ocean it's time life. time to hijack the shit out of it with my whale facts. Yeah, I mean, I worked with belugas for a little bit, mm-hmm. and they're great. They're very intelligent. They're pretty spunky. Yeah. Um, but their intelligence is, like, out of this world. Of course, we're training them and, like, working with them up to eight times a day. We did up to eight training sessions, and that is stimulating them mentally and physically um, and they love it because they get rewarded for it and they love getting fish. It's their favorite thing in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, so belugas are actually called like the canaries of the sea. They're one of the most vocal whales. They make a lot cool. of high-pitched crazy noises. So we had a lot of their vocalizations like on cue that we could like ask for and they would do it. And a lot of those are what we call captured. So when you're training a dog to sit, Sometimes you just force it to sit, right? You push on its butt and it sits down and then you're like, sit. Mm -hmm. And then after a while, it gets it. Well, with big animals, (laughs) wild animals, you can't really do that. So one of the training techniques is just called capturing. So it's when you see them do something that you want them to do and you're like, yes, good. And then you're hoping that they like do it more and they realize um, that that's what you want them to do. So you can like capture like natural behaviors or natural stuff. So one of our whales was younger and so he was just a giant doof. And we had this, like, squeaky gate <laughs> that th- would always make this, like, noise. And he was just, like, he'd just come out of the water and make squeaky gate. So then the trainers captured it. And then we called it squeaky gate. And we asked him to do it all the time. And he loved it because he made the noise. Like, he totally came up with that all on his own. He's like, I'm going to mimic Aww. that gate noise. That's so creative. Yeah. Cute little yeah. boy. Cetaceans are amazing. Like, like we said, like, yeah, they can be huge assholes and, like, murder their babies and rape each other, but mm-hmm. they can also be really cool. Yes. And, like, really fun and creative and really sweet, so. Yeah. That's cool. I want to talk a little bit about, like, some of the threats that these animals face, and I'm going to focus primarily on the vaquita. Okay, because that one's dead. It's dying. It's, it's yeah, it's 90% not so dead. The conservation situation on... The vaquita is really, really not good. Those guys are listed on the IUCN Red List as critically endangered. And Yeah. They're, in fact, the most endangered cetacean in the entire world, which is not so good. So to kind of put some things in perspective here, they've been considered critically endangered since 1996. God. And in 1997, there was a census done on their population, and it was determined they had approximately 567 individuals left. No. Which is crazy small population size like a lot of other animals that are considered critically endangered have you know a couple like couple like a few ten thousand yes like they may have like 20 to fifty thousand animals and they're still considered critically endangered just put that into perspective you went to a college like there was a okay i went to a really tiny college there was a thousand kids so cut that Mm -hmm. in half 
and then be like, you're the last people on earth. You better have sex right now to save yourselves. And like, those are the worst, you know, those are like the worst ones. They don't even like each other. Yeah, it's not so good. Plus, there's a good chance you're all related, which yes, we'll get into. This is our bottleneck. Yeah. So not so good. So fast forward to 2008, almost 10 years after that population census of 567. So in 2008, their population about halved to 245. Jesus. They did another census in 2015, and their population dropped to 59 individuals. Oh, my God. In 2017, their total population is around 30. Shut your mouth. That's it in the entire world. There are 30 individuals. They're gone. And there's. Yeah, and there's continued observed decline, which is just so, so bad. And one thing that they saw in particular, I mean, a lot of things were troubling, but one thing in particular was that all of the mature individuals of that species exist in one subpopulation. No! Which means, yeah, that means that there's no outside genetics coming in. They're all just breeding with each other, which is, if they can breed at all. Conservationists have classified them as in a catastrophic decline. Uh, which is really, really unfortunate. So some of the main threats that they're facing, that they've faced for a really long time and have kind of led to this is, first off, like I said, they exist only in the Gulf of California. Mm -hmm. So they have a very small range. And so any habitat disruption that happens there is going to affect them much more than it would an animal that has a much wider range. Right. Uh, Because they can't really leave. They can't go anywhere. That's where they live. One of the biggest threats that they face is what's known as bycatch. Have you heard of that before? I have. Okay. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Sure. So whenever I worked with cetaceans, and even now I work with penguins, so I'm feeding on a lot of fish. And we would, of course, get the fish sent to us frozen, and then we're thawing it out. So we get a specific species of fish. Like, I'm feeding the penguin smelt or something. And when we were doing whales, we were feeding herring, like big fish. So their fishermen are, like, trawling for these certain fishes, but bycatch is when they accidentally are, like, catching things that they're not intending to. So they get mm-hmm. caught in the nets. Um, so it can be anything. Like, we used to get, like, little sharks and stuff. It was also, like, really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it was, like, these random animals that, like, were not supposed to be in there at all. Like, with the smelt, I get, like, little mollusks kind of thingies and, like, mm-hmm. I don't know, crazy bivalves and stuff. But... On a bigger scale, of course, people are catching up the tiny vaquita and, like, marine mammals and stuff. They're getting caught in these freaking nets and drowning because they're mammals and they need air. Yeah, it's a really bad situation. And the way that uh, these nets work is it's sort of like a wall of netting made of either monofilament or multifilament nylon. So if you think about, like, nylon, like, tights you would wear on your legs. Oh, man. That's the, yeah, that's the type of, like, netting that's used a lot of the time, which means that nothing's going to break through that, you know? Like, there aren't holes that they can, like, potentially open and swim through. Like, that's a pretty strong, durable material that just catches everything. Um, And in addition to that, the nets that are used for that sort of thing are really, really hard to see because they blend in with the water. Right. So the animals that are swimming in that area don't necessarily know they're there, and then by the time they do, it's too late. That's been a huge... Uh, source of their decline and that's actually the main source of their decline on top of that though just considering pollution like marine pollution is another huge source of their decline over the years Um, but i should say that all of these threats that they're facing now and the ones that i'll mention here in a second are essentially just like a million times worse because of how small the population is like it'd be one thing that these threats exist but with a population that small the effects are just again catastrophic like it's just it's horrible. So um, marine pollution is a huge one, both with, like, pesticide exposure and with 
uh, plastics in the ocean. In addition, climate change is another one because it leads to, you know, undocumented weather events and like weird currents and things like that, that they're not necessarily fully equipped to deal with, especially mm-hmm. in such a small population. Um, but another one, like I mentioned before, is inbreeding uh, with a, such a small population like that, with them having around 30 individuals, they're all extremely inbred. And right. the chances of them coming out of that inbreeding situation is not good. And because of that, they and because they are so cognitively advanced, researchers do see some potential, this is still a theory, but some potential signs of depression as well within those animals. Um, so here's the thing. Yeah. I am depressed because this I know. is bumming me out. I know, I know, I know. And I'm one like, of the things that's like heartbreaking, so like, of course, we're in the animal care industry, so we know a lot about these things, but, and there's species that have gone extinct in our lifetime and we're still pretty young, I'd like to Yeah, think. <laughs> the rhino just happened the other day. Yes. And then like, they're like, just looking at a picture of Vaquita, it's so fucking cute. So, like, yeah. we can't even convince people to stop killing cute things. Like, how are we going to get them to stop killing, like, I don't know, like, bugs and, you know, just, like, some uglier stuff. Like, so the fact that even this, like, adorable sea yeah. nugget. Like, charismatic animal. Yes. Mm-hmm. Just, he's like a little panda. He looks so cute. I know. It is very depressing. And it, I think that's one thing that a lot of us deal with in the animal care industry, like Laura said, is we, you know, we're well-versed with this knowledge. And so we're a lot of times more privy to it than a lot of kind of the general public is, but it's still like, it can be really depressing. Like it's, it's unfortunately a fact of our current climate. So it's not great. Um, but I do think even though it is such a dire situation, it is important to talk about because it can, you know, worst case scenario, we're not able to prevent the vaquita from going extinct. We can hopefully learn from it. As right. Learn humanity. from mistakes. Yeah. Exactly. And help those other animals that we maybe can't help. Yeah. The vaquita can be a martyr for all the fucking other sea creatures. Yeah. It is important to discuss. And there are a few other things that I want to get into kind of related to this. But um, as far as vaquita specifically, uh, just like the ecological consequences of losing an animal like vaquitas is kind of wide reaching. So... Because they live in um, that small area in the Gulf of California, it's uh, that area is considered a large marine ecosystem, and it has a lot of species diversity. So since there's so much biodiversity in that area, um, any change of like different levels or numbers of different species in that can have effects on all of the animals that live there. Mm-hmm. So one uh, example in particular is that Sharks are a predator of vaquitas, so they tend to hunt them down and eat them, which mm-hmm. makes sense. However, if um, because there tend to be so few predator species within a habitat for kind of obvious reasons, since the vaquita population is so small, they're more susceptible to uh, changes in predation from sharks. You know, a shark eating one of 30 vaquitas is going to have a bigger effect on the population than a shark eating one of a thousand vaquitas, right? Right. In addition, because they only account for a small percentage of the diet of the sharks that live there, extinction of the vaquita could still potentially have a negative effect on the population size of those sharks. Mm-hmm. Because if they are depending on them for food, right. then they maybe don't have that food anymore. So it just, sometimes extinction of one animal can lead to the kind of throwing out of balance, like throwing out of whack the populations of others. For sure. So it can sometimes lead to potential overpopulations of other prey species 
uh, due to the decline in the shark species because the vaquita population has declined. So it's sort of like a weird seesaw balancing act where, you know, if one thing goes out of whack, they all do. So that's not so great. It kind of affects everything in the Gulf of California. But obviously, you know, these guys being in such catastrophic decline have got a lot of attention for conservation efforts. So there have been a lot of recovery efforts. Mm -hmm. And uh, Mexico is leading those conservation efforts of the vaquita. Yeah, so awesome job. That's amazing. They're doing a lot of things. One of the biggest ones is to get rid of bycatch, um, get rid of the ways that fish are caught in that area, which using those types of nets. Again, the goal is to prevent the accidental death of vaquitas. And they're doing this by outlining the use of those fishing nets in the vaquita habitat in particular. Um, In addition, I think, what was it in the boa constrictor episode? We talked about, or I talked about the sites index uh, or appendix. And that kind of has to do with the effects of like trade and goods from an animal and how it relates to their endangered status. So vaquitas are classified in appendix one, which is like the crazy endangered ones that we shouldn't be using their products for any reason. Mm -hmm. But on top of that, there are a number of other organizations, including the Marine Mammal Protection Act, that are trying their best to nurse the vaquita population back to a sustainable point. Um, So yeah, there are a lot of things going on. There are a lot of uh, efforts being made to kind of help that. Uh, just in general, though, I do want to touch on some of the other threats that, like, other dolphins face. I mean, they all uh, are threatened by marine pollution. That's yeah. pretty obvious. They're all fre- uh, threatened by bycatch issues. They're all threatened by... Global climate change. Global climate change, yeah. That's a big one that affects every animal everywhere. Um, but another one that dolphins in particular, and, like, maybe anyone who's listening may have heard of this in the past or in the... What am I trying to say? Whatever. In the recent times. Uh, is dolphin <laughs> drive hunting. Have you heard of that? Uh, is that what that movie was about? Yeah. So that is a specific type of, like, hunting of dolphins. Hold on. I have a thing. What's that movie called? Like, Blood Dolphin or something? Uh, The Co? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking of the Blood Diamond. Same thing. Blood Dolphin. Yeah, but it happens. Um, it's been recorded in Japan, Peru, the Faroe Islands, and Solomon Islands, and it's basically where boats are used to kind of corral a pod of dolphins and sort of drive them toward the shore, Ugh. and then they don't have anywhere to go. And then when they're in really, really shallow water, a lot of them are killed and mm-hmm. used for products. So it tends to kind of be a bit of a bloodbath. And I know there's some controversy surrounding that as far as, like, cultural significance in various areas. But just going based off of facts, it is a threat to wild populations. Yes. So, regardless of the cultural significance, it is a threat to right. their population. Right, like if population. your human population is increasing drastically and you're still doing the same cultural, like, killing of an animal who's mm-hmm. not increasing drastically, like, there's going to be issues yes i know we're in a pretty uh, pretty depressed dire mindset right yeah now. i'm literally gonna go home and cry for days like i'm yes. just so bummed oh i'm sorry uh but i did want to point out uh first off some really great shout outs there are a number of ways that we all can help dolphins and vaquitas like uh, just kind of every species of dolphin and yes how marine can we mammals fix and this stuff. tell me so one of the best things that you could do is please believe in climate change because it's real, y'all. It's real as shit. (laughs) It's real. I don't understand how people can just, like, blatantly disregard 
fact in this day and age, but it happens, as we're all aware. So They think that the Earth is flat and that global climate change doesn't exist. Yeah, and and the Earth is like 2,000 years old. Yeah, and the Earth was born yesterday. But, like, I have a note here that says, you know, dolphins are related to hippos 40 million years ago. So So how how can they both be true? Yeah, argue that. Uh, but no, it is, it is a reason, it is something that's happening, it is a threat to every single thing that lives on this planet, and it's something that's having drastic effects, whether you see them or not. Um, so please try to understand different ways of, like, understanding climate change, seeking out the research involved with it, but also, like, ways that you can help mitigate those effects. And there are a number of ways to do that, maybe we can, I don't know, talk about that another time, but, like, just... Please be smart and sustainable in your choices that you make in your everyday life. So another thing. Oh, I'm sorry. So and that's okay. <laughs> I'm going to speak now. <laughs> you stop laughing. <laughs> so another thing that we can all do specifically to help out wild animals and marine animals in particular is to avoid the use of single-use plastics. Yes. So things like plastic straws, plastic cutlery. Any plastic whatsoever. Like, please, if you're going to use plastic, try to find something that you can repurpose in some mm-hmm, way mm-hmm. or recycle it if you can. But things that are single use, like I said, like, you know, disposable coffee cups, plastic straws, plastic cutlery. Bag, plastic grocery plastic bags. Plastic bags. Yeah, that's a great one. All that stuff cannot be recycled generally. No. From the moment that it's created, it will remain on Earth forever. Yes. Please keep that in mind. And unfortunately, a lot of that stuff ends up in the ocean. Um, and I think there was, like, recently a news article, like, last week or something, talking about how big the, like, plastic cache of pollution is yeah, in the insane. ocean. Yeah, and I it's think ridiculous. a lot of people, like, argue with themselves, like, oh, well, the plastic's already made. Like, the straw's already made. I'm just going right. to use it. But, like, if all of us stopped using it and no one bought it, then they'd go out of business and they stop making it. So, like, that's not a good excuse. Like, you're a consumer, you vote with your money, so don't spend money on it. If you're at a restaurant, don't use the straw. Like, that's it. Exactly. And I think uh, I think a lot of times, too, it's easy enough if you're removed from the situation. Like, if you're not actually out there cleaning up plastic in the ocean, yeah. it's easy enough to forget that that happens. And so, you know, it's it's super convenient to just think, like, oh, I can just throw this away, and it's, like, out of sight, out of mind kind of thing, but not for the world. I'm going to put... A picture of ocean trash on our Instagram because it's horrific. I think you should. So that's one really, really great way to help out all marine life. Please avoid using those. Find alternatives to them. There are so many amazing alternatives these days that aren't even that expensive. Just please shop sustainably and think about options on how to like live a more Earth-friendly life. Mm-hmm. But I okay, so here's the point where it kind of like melds with my shout-outs because I have several shout outs. The first one I want to point out is the Monterey Bay Aquarium. Yes. Those guys are amazing. They do such good work as far as conservation efforts, research efforts, education and outre- outreach efforts, rehabilitation efforts. They're amazing. Jesus. But the one thing I want to talk about in particular is their seafood watch. Have you heard of that before? Yes, they have little cards. Yes. So, okay, there's a thing, if you guys aren't aware, called Seafood Watch. And Monterey Bay Aquarium kind of seems to have, like, started it. Yeah. But it's essentially a, a program that takes a look at how seafood is harvested in the wild. So it gives you, as a consumer, and as well as like businesses that are buying seafood for their customers, it gives them information on the best sources to buy sustainably harvested 
seafood, which mm-hmm. is amazing because overharvesting of seafood is just a general threat to marine populations. But as you know, we talked about earlier in this episode, harvesting involves bycatch, and so it affects a lot of other animals that aren't necessarily being harvested yep. to be eaten. So the Monterey Bay Aquarium website has a ton of information about their seafood watch. Like you can find that little logo of it on like tons of different uh, seafood in like grocery stores and stuff, and you can go to restaurants that have like seafood watch seafood, and it gives you yeah, just it like tells amazing you amazing resources. What like sushi is sustainable and like which sushi you should like avoid and all yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, it's so cool, and it's and such think, like an. Go ahead. I was just saying, isn't there like an app? There is. Yeah, I was oh, just gonna say there's like. Oh my god! Oh, oh my god! <laughs> Get them ghosts out of there. Did you hear that? Yeah, I wish I hadn't. Oh, that just gave me a heart attack. <laughs> I have fucking headphones on and a woman just screamed at me. Oh, I'm not in my own home. I hate this. She's from the Monterey Bay Aquarium. She's like, hey, what did I say? Morgan. I think you were talking about the app, right? Yeah, and she's like, oh, maybe, yeah, maybe because I said app. Maybe. Uh, But yeah, I think they do. But um, oh. just... Just search for Monterey Bay Aquarium Seafood Watch. Um, and, yeah, they have, like, little cards they give out. I'm pretty sure they have an app where you can, like, scan stuff. Yeah. Um, it's amazing. It's, it's such so a good resource. It's so – it's 100% free. It's 100% easy. There's no excuse not to use it. Like, just eat sustainable seafood if you're going to eat mm-hmm. seafood. It, there's no reason not to. Right. And then – okay, so kind of going more into shout-outs. As you mentioned before, Flora, the Kitas are a subject of the SAFE – program that AZA did and I think a couple episodes ago we talked about safe was it cheetahs it was I don't know literally the last episode oh cool <laughs> uh, yeah so you if you don't know what that is you can listen to that episode but uh the Kitas were a focus of the safe program that AZA started and like Flora said before it's essentially that they the program focuses on like three or four animals I think a year and yeah. they basically like pour all of their resources into trying to help those One really cool thing is that between 2010 and 2014, three different AZA facilities took part in direct field conservation efforts benefiting vaquitas. On top of that, through the SAFE program, AZA zoos have invested over $50,000 in vaquita conservation to date, which is great. Um, In addition, like I said, Mexico is sort of running or like leading the force like the conservation force for vaquitas which is great and they've also got a lot of national attention and international attention so a lot of like famous you know companies and foundations and stuff are really stepping in to try to help and i think probably like the most famous one i guess um is leonardo dicaprio's organization is like guy yeah that he's made a pledge to like try and help vaquitas which is so cool and then last but not least shout out we're gonna give sea world a shout out Fuck yeah, we are. SeaWorld does amazing things. And I don't want to hear anyone out there hating on SeaWorld. No, you're If you're going stupid. to listen to this episode, you're going to listen to the facts that we present you, not the biased opinions of someone who doesn't know what they're talking about. Some because we're literally... dumb fuck. Yeah, coming to you with facts. So SeaWorld provides accurate and proper education, outreach, and research. So everything that they do is to fund that aspect of their organization like it's amazing sea world does amazing work and stop hating on them they're amazing yeah their conservation focuses on four different areas so they rescue ill orphaned or injured animals and 
If you're interested in any of this, please check out their website. They don't just make wild claims and don't back them up. They back it up with factual data. So look at it. Do your research, please, before you just shit on an organization. They also support research in their facilities and and in the wild. And it's been proven that research of their killer whales in their facilities has helped killer whale populations in the wild. Suck it. it! It has been proven, scientifically proven, that it is helping. And you can go to their website and they will link you to the documents that lay that out for you. So you don't just have to take their word for it. In addition, they fund and direct action in conservation in a number of different uh, fields and subjects. They spent millions of dollars conserving wild animals and wild places, and they support critical conservation work on every single t- damn continent in the world, which is amazing. They partner with a lot of different organizations as well, and again, go to their website to learn more. But on top of that, they educate and inspire their guests. For sure. Because, like Flora said, if we can't care about care- like saving this cute-ass vaquita, which is like the cutest thing I've ever seen, how the hell are we going to care about saving something that we don't think is charismatic or cute. Yeah. And out of sight, out of mind. Like, if you never met these animals mm-hmm. and got face-to-face, would you even give a shit? No. Would you, yeah, would Not you even know about them? somebody made some shitty documentary that you could watch on your couch. Then you care, I guess. Yeah. No, it's ridiculous. Like, you know, through all of these efforts that zoos are doing, and zoos are doing amazing work, including SeaWorld, we have learned so much more about how these animals work, how they live, what helps them, what doesn't help them, you know, what sorts of things we can do to help preserve them. It's it's ridiculous. Without everything that, like, SeaWorld and other facilities have, have done and con- contributed to the conversation, we wouldn't even be having that conversation. So, right. yes, shout out to everyone there. And check out those resources if you want to learn more. And I guess I wanted to close by talking really quickly about some of the marine mammal controversy. I don't want to get too into it because I know that people get really fired up about it. However, regardless of your opinions on cetaceans in zoological settings, the facts are still the same. The facts are still that most of these animals are ranging from vulnerable to critically endangered on the IUCN red list. And if we don't do something about it, they will go extinct. The vaquita is nearly extinct. And if we can't use that as a case to learn from our mistakes and learn how best to take care of them, then we don't deserve to live here. <laughs> That's just ridiculous. Like, yeah. it just, it makes me sick. So please, everyone, when it comes to videos like the Cove, like Blackfish, that are presented as factual documentaries, which they're not, by the way, like, please, no. please follow up and do your research. Don't believe everything you hear. Don't yes. believe us if you don't want to. Go fact check everything we talk about. In fact, I encourage you to. Yeah. But it's ridiculous the amount of hate and boycotting and just derision that amazing facilities like SeaWorld is getting when they're actually doing their work. Right. The work that's helping them. Like, if we all spent all of the time and energy, you know, working together to help these animals, because that's what we all want to do. We all want to help them. We all have the same goal. But if we all focus the efforts in the correct way then we would actually help them. But instead, we're left bickering with one another about things, about facts that are one-sided facts and one-sided are not, one-sided are opinions. Like, we could be spending that time, money, resources, energy to actually saving them. Mm-hmm. Like, if even half of the people who complain on the internet about SeaWorld donated, like, a single dollar to saving the vaquita or saving something, exactly. they would make a huge difference. But they're not. They're just there to, like, stir the pot and to cause controversy and to, like, whine because of a movie they watched. And 
People need to realize that documentaries serve a purpose to sway you to their side. I mean, mm-hmm. you, I watched The Cove. I've, I even watched Blackfish when I was working yep. with whales when we yep. would get death threats sent to us in the mail. And you can tell that there's like an agenda that they're pushing. And at the end of the day, the person who made Blackfish did not donate any of the money she raised towards saving no. any wild animal, saving any animal in general. She kept it no. all for herself. That was a documentary made to make herself money. And that's all it was. She had no interest in saving any animals. Yeah, the documentary was meant to prey on people's emotion and sensationalize yes. an already yes. controversial topic. Yes. And can I just say really quickly as well, as far as like in reference to the whole animals, like these, the killer whales there are... Uh, forced to like do tricks and stuff first off everything that they do they would naturally do on their own in the wild yes it's just through methods of positive reinforcement that that behavior is assigned to a cue and their trainers ask them for it it's always a conversation in training an animal is never forced to do anything they don't want to do no. Especially you, in you, facilities you like SeaWorld. How do you force an orca to do something? It weighs, would you, you say, like 1,100 fucking pounds? You can't. It weighs 11 tons. Oh, it's, 11 tons. I said 1,100 <laughs> yeah. pounds. Ah! A little bit more than that. But no, you're exactly right. Plus, why would we want to? I think we right. said in a previous episode, none of us went through all the schooling, paid a dick load of money in student loans, did all this unpaid experience just to come out here and harm animals. None yeah. of us are doing that. That's so ass backwards and yeah. bizarre. Like, literally, as far as training goes, it's completely voluntary. And if those animals don't want to do it, then they don't. And the trainer's like, okay, that's cool. Well, and there's and they, just, sorry, but there's just no ahead. way to win. Like, when you think about, because, like, I literally experienced, I've worked with whales when this fucking movie came out. So I have mm-hmm. experienced every argument. I've gotten in arguments at bars. I've seen people just yell at me when I'm in my uniform. We've been through it all. But, like, you can't win. So there's the argument that, hey, you're forcing these animals to do all these quote-unquote tricks when they're natural behaviors. Okay, so you want me to leave it alone in a pool that you're saying is not enough stimulation? Like, I'm stimulating it mentally and physically, but you're against that. In the movie, they said that they built underwater treadmills for the whales. Well, people are like, oh, my gosh, you're torturing them. They're making them swim on these treadmills. When the trainers were like, well, you guys said that we, like, they travel for miles, so we built them this thing so they could swim for miles on it. And they, like... They go on it when they want to. But in mm-hmm. your opinion, you're like, no, that's terrible. So, like, there's never any way to win. Like, people always just twist it into this shitty thing. Like, you can't argue that they're so smart, they're so intelligent. But then, oh, if you're, like, harnessing their intelligence and, like, testing them and exercising that, then, like, that's abusive. So it's just yeah, like, I don't... Well, I think, I think it's the same rationale as we talked about with cheetahs in the facility that we worked with. We gave them the option to run if they wanted to, because yeah. that's something that they naturally do in the wild. We never forced them to run. And what we saw more often than not is they didn't do it. They yeah. didn't run. Because, again, it's it's something that, yes, whales have the ability to migrate hundreds of miles in their pod, but they do it because they have to. Right. You know, and if they want to, and they have the option of, like, for example, an underwater treadmill then they'll use it. That's great. That's all the better to give them those options. It gives them choice in their environment. Yeah. It's so important to mental welfare. Yeah. I mean, we could talk about this forever. But I know. I want to make one more point, though. So yeah. a lot of the things with, like, orcas in captivity, people always talk about their longevity, their age. Mm-hmm. And they always are like, well, there's that one whale who's, like, 100 <laughs> years old. Yeah. Well, my fucking great-grandfather lived 102, bitch. <laughs> but did your fucking, like, did everybody? No. Like, there are people... 
different people live different ages. Yeah, like, that's so anomalies. fucking infuriating to me. Like, mm-hmm. well, that one died when it was 10. Yeah, because it had fucking cancer. Like, what do you think? Like, not everybody yeah. lives till, like, the absolute end of time. And mm-hmm. people are like, wow, well, a lot of animals die there. Fucking spoiler alert. Here it is. All animals die. Like, yep. none of them are immortal. They're all going to die. So don't be like, wow, that facility has a lot of animals dying. Yeah! Because that's what happens. That's, that's what, what happens when you take care of them through the end of their life. <laughs> yes! But do you think we're just going to pitch out the old ones on the street and be like, nah, see? <laughs> I don't actually want you to die here. It's bad press. Please go to another zoo or outside. Yeah, and on top of that, like like you said, receiving like death threats and just horrible things, like horrible comments and people picketing and... Like, one of the worst things I think that you and I have both experienced in our career is when the unfortunate situation happens in an animal that you've loved with, or loved and cared, you haven't loved with, dear God, Please with no. an animal that you've loved and cared for, for years, ends up eventually reaching the end of its life, and we announce it to our guests to keep them in the loop, is when we get people insulting us and yes. blaming us and telling us that we yes. deserve to go to hell and we should die, and I, it's, it's so ass backwards to I know. me it's so it's weird so to me. insensitive and ridiculous well so, the internet is such a toxic place there's so it is so many fewer of those people would actually say those things in real life but like the sense of like secrecy or whatever just not being face to face is another thing but there's actually people who would legit say that to our faces and have yeah i mean oh, like, yeah i have met people and when i tell them i'm a zookeeper they're like Oh. And then, like, what are they? They're like a fucking fracker. Like, are you serious? <laughs> you're killing the whole goddamn earth, and I'm, like, trying to save it? Like, and you're giving me the shit eye? Yeah, whatever. Yeah, meanwhile, they're drinking out of a plastic water bottle with ten straws. Yeah. I'm like, okay. And cool. they have, like, seven dogs in their house that are crate trained. But, oh, you're against animals in captivity. That's fine. I think we could talk about this for a while. I know. But I think... hyped up. I know. And that, that was one of the reasons I wanted to, like, make this topic a little more broad like this animal a little more broad because there are a lot of things obviously that are intrinsically connected to it but the most important thing that we can leave you with are the ways that you can help them the hopefully the facts that you've learned about them have like inspired some change in you hopefully learning about the conservation status have inspired you to you know make changes in your life or talk to your friends and family about ways that they can make changes that will positively impact like not just the world but like the animals within them And just in general, please, in addition to those things, please, please, please do your research. Please be a, a, like, factual-minded person. Please contribute to the conversation as opposed to insulting those who who are. Yes. Because that's not doing anything. Like Flora said, if if everyone who is sitting there getting their panties in a wad talking about, you know, typing up, like, rude insults on the internet, if they actually spent that time – either learning about the information that they're spouting off incorrectly or donating money or donating their time or helping spread words of ways to help these animals, then we would actually make an impact. But unfortunately, it's just, it's this horrible like bickering that's happening and it's not helpful for anyone. So please just keep that in mind. Uh, (laughs) I know this episode like got a little serious and like feisty, but at the same time, like it's important to talk about those things. Yes. And I think, too, like, one of the, like, that's one of the purposes that we started this was, like, informing people mm-hmm. of this stuff. So if you have questions and you don't want to do research because you're lazy as shit, which, like, same, um, you can totally email us. We can do it for you and get back to you if you ever have a question or if you see a video on the internet that you're not, like, not sure about. Uh, I did start us a Twitter and, like, we're on Twitter and then we're on iTunes 
Uh, did I say that already? I think so, but yeah, it's worth mentioning. Yeah, we're on iTunes, uh, and we're on Stitcher, and, and Instagram, Instagram, and we have a mm-hmm. Gmail. So, um, yeah, if you ever have any questions, or you know, you saw something or heard something, and you just don't know, you can definitely ask us. Um, and we would yeah, if nothing to... else, we can like direct you toward like a proper resource. Yes, exactly. Yes, totally. So that was my animal for the week. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, it's what it is, right? Like, I mean, we're saying yeah. like we're like, oh, it's depressing, but I mean, like that sucks. It fucking sucks. But that's what it is. Yeah. That's what we're doing. We're lice on the earth, and we're killing the vaquita. <laughs> I know. I know. Um. You know, and that's not to say that there's not, there's, like, no hope for them. They are in pretty dire straits. You know, you never know. Crazier things have happened. But, again, I think it's a it's a really, it's a really useful tool to think about the future and how we can do better. Yeah, so that was my Animal of the Week, dolphins. I hope you learned something cool about them. Uh, like Flora said, please check out all of those platforms if you want to learn more information if you just want to, like, send us hate mail, I guess send it there. I don't know. I mean, we're happy to address just about everything. If you enjoy this type of conversation just with all of our episodes and you do want to hear more, like she said, please check us out on any of those mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm, podcast mm-hmm. apps. Like, iTunes is a great one. I think just about everyone's heard of that. But any that you use is great. If you can let people know, yes. like, any of your friends and Tell family friends. that you think would, like, be interested, that's cool, too. Anything like that just allows our stupid asses to be heard by more people so that's great and then as always like check out our instagram because we post like goofy shit on there all the time (laughs) but thank you everyone for joining us this week we had a good time chatting learning about stuff and i hope you learned some stuff but i think next week flora you'll be presenting your i will you always i always have something in my head that i'm gonna do and then and by you always this is like episode four but every (laughs) time you've gone after me and, like, I have the next one planned. You do something so similar oh, that I'm like, really? well, better change it. Yeah. And then in my head, too, like, earlier, I was, like, thinking this morning when I was at the zoo. I was like, what am I going to do? And I was like, oh, I'll do the I-I because, like, oh. that starts with an E. No, it fucking no. doesn't. It starts with an A. I'm the dumbest person. Hey, uh, we're learning, again, right along there with you. I was also going to say before we go that – you know, beyond doing this podcast with you and yeah, just like being zookeepers have really given us a strong porpoise in life. Oh my God. You always <laughs> do this stuff. I know. Okay. Listen up here though, people. When we said that we'd be making jokes, we didn't say they'd be funny. God. I never said I was funny. And that's just like the tip of the fucking iceberg with you because you've got <laughs> <It> really <is. laughs> puns for days and they just don't even know. So get ready for that. Uh, Yeah, that's it. All right, dudes, see you later. If you liked it, check it out. Good. If you didn't, great. Bye. (laughs) Cool. (laughs) Smell you later.